This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys talk with Cannon Reeves, CEO, Kashik Ramini, VP of Manufacturing, and Peyton Smith, COO, all co-founders of More Technologies, the creators of the Morebot. There's an East Initiative update, all of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. Yeah. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, downloading, turning it on. You know, today, uh, obviously, I've got uh, some kind of issue thing going on in my head. I'm all stopped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're stopped up. That's it. <laughs> it's in your head. That's hey, you right. know what? We hope <laughs> we hope we can get in your head. Just head out to the web www.edutechguys.com. You can find us anywhere on the web. I say it all the time. Don't you get all cold feet in on us. Just go out to Google, type in Edutech Guys, and you're going to find us. Or catch us on the social medias, on the tweeters, the Facebooks, and all that kind of good stuff. You're looking for the original gangsters of podcasting. Educational podcasting, that is. The OGs of the of the ETGs, that would be us, Edutech Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many more acronyms we're going to throw in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, B-E-S-T-G-E-T-O-U-T-T-H-E-R-E. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, now I'm just spelling stuff. Spelling out of control. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> On this... You can definitely tell you've got a cold, so we we won't keep this going too long because you'll just get worse, and then it'll just be a hacking fest. It sounds like it's a it's a uh, what what is it? It's a Mucinex commercial podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. The little green guy, he's running around here somewhere. I'm gonna put him out of his misery. Maybe we can get Mucinex to sponsor this episode. <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be hilarious if we could get a sponsor. Oh. <laughs> He'll be here all week. Yeah, thank you. Don't forget to tip your waitress. <laughs> Try hey, to no, be a great show. You know, it's, we were we were at TCCA um, a, a month ago. Yeah, and um, we uh, it was funny. We were there in Houston, and 
uh, one of the uh, the, the uh, people there at TCC, I said, you got to meet these kids, uh, these kids, these students, uh, young people from uh, University of Arkansas. We we're like, yeah, yeah, we would love to meet them. I, we didn't know anybody was going to be there from Arkansas but us. And it turns out it was uh, it was the Morbot uh Gang, the gang had a, a table there, had a booth there with their robots and um, all the their, their robots and everything they do uh, with uh, more technologies. And uh, we had to go all the way to Houston to meet um, some fellow Arkansans. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like driving hours and hours out of state to find someone who's, you know, basically in your backwoods. Yeah, and it's it took us a little time to get it together and get and get uh, hooked up so we could do a podcast with them, but it's going to be a really a uh, really great show. I think you're going to really enjoy the interview and learn quite a bit uh, from uh, these guys from uh, more technologies. Yeah, that's right. Hey, and if you're looking for uh, you know last minute Christmas gift, I don't know, maybe you could grab a Morbot. Just throwing that out there. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I mean, it's uh, once you hear the interview, you'll understand why we say that. It's definitely uh, it's definitely doable. I'll tell you what, why don't we just jump right into it, David? How about we hit the interview and we'll see everybody on the other side? Sounds good. Hey, welcome back to the Edutech guys. We're real excited to have our next guest on the show. We're yeah. going to let them introduce themselves, tell us who they are, what they do, and all that kind of stuff. So here we go. Hey, everybody. My name is Cannon Reeves, and I'm a co-founder and CEO of More Technologies. I also happen to be a computer science student at the University of Arkansas. At, hey. More, at More Technologies, uh, we create a 3D printable robot ecosystem that teaches kids to go beyond the assembly manual and create technology, not just consume it. All of this was inspired by my little sister who wanted to build a robot with me, but we weren't able to find a robot that we could build together and she could keep learning with. We'd just make it and it'd sit on the shelf. So we set out to change that. And along with me is my awesome team and I'll open and introduce themselves. Yeah, so I'm Kashik. I'm also co-founder of More Technologies. Um, I'm a mechanical engineering student here at the U of A. And uh, for me, it was really important because robotics was a big part of my high school career and definitely wouldn't be here without it. But there's a lot of barriers to getting into robotics. It's really challenging, it's really difficult. And there's always a ceiling with all the things that we experience in high school. So we really wanted to set out to do something that is really easy to pick up for younger kids. But if you're a high schooler who really want to get into robotics, you know, you're not limited by your platform. I'm Peyton Smith, the uh, co-founder and COO of More Technologies. Uh, I do most of the business stuff, uh, basically anything that's not engineering for the company. And I have a somewhat technical background. Uh, I'm not all business. I have a little fun uh, on the engineering side if I can. Uh, but yeah, that's basically my role. I graduated from the U of A with a degree in uh, finance and management, and that's where we all met. Awesome. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about. Uh, give us a quick elevator pitch on on actually when the idea came to the, when the idea came to fruition and and how you guys brought it together. Was it over a late night pizza party? You know, were you guys hanging out and you went, you know, we should do this, or did you start to uh, search, reach out to each other, search for each other? Yeah. Um, so I. So there's one other member of the team that's not here. His name is Rex. He's our CTO. So Rex and I have been building robots together since high school. Mm-hmm. And Kashka and I have been building robots together. We met on the NASA team here on campus. Um, and prior to this, Peyton and I actually tried to start up a nonprofit coding school. And uh, we were in the process of working on that. And my little sister wanted to build a robot. And I just came up with this an idea for a way to mix 3D printing with kind of low-cost electronics 
And I made the prototype. Not ever wanting to start a company. It was never the goal. And uh, we did what's called a startup weekend competition, where you basically try to start a business in a weekend. And we thought, oh, we'll, we'll just use this robot because we just made it. Uh, we ended up getting several pre-orders from schools and nonprofits. And we thought, well, maybe that's a good sign we should start a business. And uh, that was about a year and a half ago, March of 2018. And we've been working at working hard since then. That's pretty awesome. So, okay, so exactly how did you guys all meet, though? How did you guys get all connected? So Ken and I met in a class called Social Entrepreneurship uh, on campus, uh, a class focused on making businesses that give back in some way. Uh, and then we started working at the McMillan Innovation Studio together on campus and then just started being around each other all the time. And, you know, I had the, and he had this idea to make the robot and it just kind of grew from there. And then uh, we met Kashik along the way. He was actually our first uh, intern. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he was so good. We brought him on the team as a co-founder. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really interesting because I, I think the team was really formed by not necessarily bringing on your friends, but bringing on the best people for a job. So like whenever I met Canon, I really didn't know Canon other than like a working capacity on the NASA team. Um, you know, really just nonchalant math conversation we had was like five minutes. We always saw each other's work and we all like, we both liked the way each other worked. And eventually it was like, hey, I'm working on this thing. Do you want to come on? And I saw it purely as an engineering thing. And then, you know, a year later, I'm a co-founder and like we're best friends. So it really is just like work first, coworker second. That I think that took care of a lot of the uh, social issues that people have with startups a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. So uh, that's what's really interesting. So tell us about, before we jump into more tech and, and the more bot, let's talk about um, the entrepreneurship end of it and the big change that you learned um, at the U of A, at, at university, um, about uh, social responsibility and the ability to create entrepreneurship and, and the way a startup and a business actually happens now in the 21st century than it did in the past. And what you guys learned, you know, coming from uh, K-12 environment to the university environment. Yeah, do you mind if I take this one? Yeah, go for it. So um, so for most of us, we did robotics in high school, Kashik and Rex and I, and it, it defined our interest, our passion, and we loved it. So we came into college saying, we're going to be engineers. We're going to be the best engineers. It was everything that we did. It drove our decisions. Uh, and somewhere in my freshman year, I got involved with the McMillan Innovation Studio. And it was at that place where I learned that engineering and entrepreneurship actually have a lot of overlap. And it's not about what I'm designing and what I'm creating, but it's about why and who is that for and what's the problem we're solving. And so the whole entrepreneurship piece of this is really, really interesting because we're engineers, but we're also our customers. Like we are designing for ourselves. And so it just, it creates uh, a very interesting dynamic with our users, uh, but it also created a really unique opportunity for us to leverage entrepreneurship to bring the change that we thought there should be. And I never would have thought this was possible three years ago. Uh, being at the U of A really implemented that and, and embedded that in our thinking. Yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the other key um, customers slash consumers is, frankly, the person who kicked off the whole thing to start with, your sister. I think that is so key because we hear a lot about, um, you know, the role of women and females in STEM and STEAM and, you know, engineering and robotics and all that um, and, and how... Uh, that is growing for sure, but still lacking. And I think it's awesome that you guys started all of this because your sister wanted to build robots. So I'm curious, what's her role in all of this <laughs> now that you guys have kicked things yeah, off? Where's her check, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every time I go home, uh, I bring a robot home with me and she plays with it. And she'll give us feedback and <laughs> things yeah, that she doesn't yeah. like. Um, 
but it, it, it's so fulfilling uh, seeing this start out that way. And, and she's just like, I'm sure she's going to listen to this and be so excited that we mentioned her. She's loving you know, every bit of this. <laughs> That's really cool. So yeah, let's, that, it's, it's awesome. so let's talk about the robot. Okay. Let's get into, let's talk about the robot and it's many, it's many different faces because it's not just one robot. It can be anything it needs to be. So let's talk about it. Give us the, uh, give us an overview. Sure. So Morbot at its core is actually a construction and prototyping platform. It starts with wooden dowels and 3D printed parts. They can be made on any desktop FDM 3D printer, but it quickly grows past that. So kids can quickly can start building with it, uh, but then it can become a robot called the base robot that drives around. And this base robot can be used to teach programming in C++. It can also be used to teach about electronics and designing 3D printed parts. As students learn more and progress, they build bigger and bigger things. So, for example, we've got a drone here with us. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll rev that up so you guys can hear it. So, let's go into the platform. Uh, you can also remix the base robot into different things. So, like, behind us, we've got a zipline robot that is uh, driving around on a zipline. So, you can make all kinds of crazy things. It, we don't want it to just be what comes out of the box. We want it to be the kids' own creation, their own journey, not not what we make alone. Yeah. Well, I, and I just want to say for those listening, uh, and, and uh, we'll have uh, hopefully some pictures we'll put out on the web or whatever, but for those listening and, and you want to mentally mentally picture uh, what this looks like in your head, especially like the drone, as soon as you guys held it up, I'm old school, like original OG old school, and I will tell you what that looks like to me. That looks like a combination of Tinker Toys and <laughs> modern day robotic parts all connected together yeah. so that when you flip the switch, all the blades go to spinning around and whirring, you know, and, but that's exactly to me what it looks like. And, yeah. and the way you described it, you know, the wooden dowels and the pieces that go together, it's very, for those of us that are of a certain age, it is very <laughs> Tinker Toys meets, you know, 21st century. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, yeah. in this case, you're making your own Tinker Toys. Yeah. 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 And, and you can build it out any way you want to. So let's right, talk, right. let's talk about the brain of that because you mentioned C plus plus and you talked about that. So you guys are using Arduino brains on these bad boys, aren't you? Um, and and you're you're the you're the generation that understands the power of the Arduino and the microcomputer, uh, the micro micro tiny itty bitty computer. So uh, speak to that and, and let's talk about what gets kids really excited about that and the ease in programming one of those. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no secret that tech has really consumed everything in our lives. I mean. We've got really smart microwaves, really smart cars. I mean, we've got a speaker in our houses that listens to our voice. <laughs> yeah. uh, and all of this is powered and possible because of things called microcontrollers. Microcontrollers are just a, a tiny computer shrunk down that does specific tasks. And the Arduino is a great entry into this world of mic microcontrollers. And so by teaching them how to use the Arduino, we're teaching them a programming language that you can actually get jobs in. There are jobs in programming C++. And so we're not... We believe in having, having no black boxes. Everything is out and open and exposed. The student can learn and comprehend all the things here. Um, so we teach them how to program. We scaffold the learning in a way that's easy for a total beginner, but we don't take away the upward possibility of what they can make. Yeah, that is awesome. So, oh, wait. You had one? No, no, well, I, I do. One. I do, but I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll ask this one. <laughs> so let's talk about that. You talk about the uh, process for teaching the kids. Do you guys have a curriculum you're working on? And is, have you learned that that's a big part of your company is that it's not just the, the actual company part. It's not just the actual Morbot and the Arduino. It's actually creating curriculum that is digestible by not only teachers, but students. And since you're not so far off from being in that classroom, you guys kind of have a pretty good uh, idea of what you're looking for, don't you? 
Yeah, um, I'll, I'll let Peyton talk about MakerPlace because this okay. is kind of, we were not expecting uh, how difficult it was to create, you know, these learning tutorials yeah. for, for teachers kids that didn't necessarily come from this background. So this is our solution. I'll, I'll let Peyton explain it. Awesome. Yeah, so to solve that, we created MakerPlace, which is our online learning uh, platform where we host tutorials, projects, uh, all those kind of things. We took it a step further and we actually host our part files on there as well. So. Uh, teachers that subscribe, they can actually, if they have a part that breaks, they want to expand the platform, they can print parts inside the classroom. And the idea is so, you know, everyone has curriculum, everyone has tutorials. We want us to make that very easy to access, very low barrier to entry, but also create like a social platform around this. So students can share their own tutorials, share what they've made online. And that allows students to get inspiration from other students, you know, build, they just have like an open innovation type platform where students share all these ideas and like things we could never dream of, uh, of making with Morbot uh, to inspire kids and, and take the learning just that much deeper. Yeah, that is really, really cool. So, yeah, and I think it's really cool because it, you guys are cut. You have you have your step by step tutorials. You've got pictures. You've got your alignment with K twelve standards, which is really big in the state right now, especially mm -hmm. with the governor's push with computer science, uh, the coding, and all that. Right in one place to go to. So let's talk about the the products that go along with that. Three uh, D printers. Um, you guys, what do you guys provide for those educators that are listening? If they go, yeah, I got to get into this. Got to go sign up. You know, what am I looking at? What is it a one-stop shop? We're going to get everything from you guys, or we're going to have to buy our 3D printer from here and our, our rotor blades from here. You know, what, speak to that one. Yeah, so the, uh, yeah, it's just like any other kit. So when you buy it, uh, you buy the, the base robot, and you get everything you need to get started. All the wooden dowels, all the 3D printer parts, all the electronics, et cetera. Um, and then you have MakerPlace, which is where you have access to all your tutorials, all your project guides, um, et cetera. And then the idea behind the coding aspect is since it's open source, you know, you can go into any classroom and you can code and build curriculum around it and learn how to code. But then on the 3D printing aspect, a lot of schools already have 3D printers. Yeah. So yeah. the cool thing about that is we can teach you now how to actually use a printer for like as a tool, not, hey, let's just download this thing from Thingiverse. Yeah. Let's, let's make a bust of Abe Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on there is like, hey, we have all our part files and the kid can start out by just downloading and printing those files and then adding the robot, which is already cool. But then you can start making your own parts and follow tutorials to learn how to use Onshape, um, Tinkercad, Fusion, whatever CAD program you want. Yeah, and so that's that's really where like the kid's idea of, hey, I want to add something. And then they may be able to physically add like whatever they created onto a robot. Like I think that's like a really powerful moment. Yeah. And that's really what's unique with our platform. Because since it is all 3D printed, you can only really do that with our platform. Right. Well, and, and one of the things that I think that really, um, one of the avenues that that really opens up is um, the whole concept of uh, experimentation, trial and error, failing forward. I mean, if I have this stuff and, and I've got the, 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 the core pieces to make a robot that can quite literally do anything I want it to do, then I can right. try to make it do whatever it is I want it to do and figure exactly. out, oops, I that's mm -hmm. not going to work or this is going to work. Or if I tweak this little bit here and then eventually I've got this whatever I've designed it to do and I don't have to keep it for myself, I can now turn around, share it on the community and let ev mm -hmm. let everybody else not only have access to what I created, but then have access to take what I've created and even expand it further. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we really focused on that share aspect, because just like you said, a more experienced maker will feel more comfortable making those mistakes and making leaps and also understanding how to make cool things. But me as a beginner can be like, I really want to make that. I can just go to your project guide and hit download all parts 
and I can download all the parts that you made yourself. And then I can go and you can post the links and then you can get all the electronics and you can just make your step-by-step guide. And now I've made this really cool thing that I wouldn't have been able to do without you. Uh, that feeling in prototyping is obviously like really reflective of the real world. And that's a lot of what we do. We feel like so many platforms play it too safe. They give you an instruction manual, you build it, then you're done. We want students yet yeah, coming up with ideas, prototyping those ideas, learning about failure, things like that. And so they can truly experience what this is like in the real world, not in a, you know, closed off, very structured environment. Right, exactly. Well, you know, that, that brings my next question, and I, I don't want to ask this. So what's been the coolest thing that you guys didn't see coming that students have created so far that you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's really awesome. H- have you had that moment or moments? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of the highlights. Uh, somebody made a, a firefighting robot, so it would, like, yeah. sense whenever it comes close to a flame and then react to it, so it would, like, douse it with water. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't act about to do that like the motion to make it work um we also had students first graders believe it or not come up with the zipline robot like this was not my idea yeah <laughs> like there's me a picture of the zipline the students made and i was like oh my gosh that is the coolest thing yeah and to make it so it's 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 so awesome it's really it's really interesting because like we also use our own platform but also a lot of times we design our platform so we have the end use cases of a lot of the parts in mind and that goes like a lot of ways when you give them to kids who know nothing about proper engineering principles or what the parts are supposed to do, or how are they supposed to work? They use them in the most unique ways. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I stop myself from saying here, using that wrong. It's like, I just want to see where they go. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes it's like, you're using it not the way I intended, but it works. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's especially key when they, and when you know the way something is supposed to work, um, even even you know by design or or even not necessarily by design, but you have this preconceived notion of you know these are the steps and this is what it's supposed to do, and you give it to someone who um, I, I love what you're talking about who you know they don't have the engineering concepts they don't have a clue they know that if if I put you know this stick in this hole and I attach this you know I, I don't know gear to it all of a sudden it's going to do something else and you're like. Okay, well, that solves the problem not the way I would have, but it, yeah. you know, and and granted, it may not even be the most efficient solution, but what's yeah, but really cool, yes, yeah. it still works. And who knows what door that suddenly opened because now, because they used a solution that was like completely out of the box, yeah. now yeah. somebody else takes that solution and goes, oh, yeah, but if we do this and this to this now, all of a sudden this thing is doing stuff that you never even imagined it was going to yeah. do. Back in my VAX days, that's how old I am. Back in the VAX center days of sitting in that basement with a supercomputer, you know, we, we, we always talked about a bug was an opportunity and that's exactly what a bug is. And and that's exactly what, what you're creating here, not mm-hmm. only mechanically, but coding wise, both doors. So that that's, that's really, really cool for the kids. And, and I'm a true believer as a music teacher that, you know, if you don't tell a kid that they can't do that, then they're going to find a way to do it. And they'll, mm-hmm. they'll find a way to fix it. So that's just the best way to make it happen. Okay, so another question, and this is a this is one that's uh, that I think I, I hope you'll you'll really get into. I noticed that um, on your products page, you guys are out of stock of everything because you're doing so well. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you're out of stock because that means that it's it's really catching on. Entrepreneurially, for the, the, the students that are listening and the teachers that are listening, it's hard to teach entrepreneurism. It really is, um, especially in this day and age. Um, could you think of the top three to five things you would tell students that they need to have a good grasp on? Because I, you know, one of them, I think we would all agree, you might agree with me, is reading and writing. 
is, is when you agree that writing and expressing yourself in words is, is a huge deal. It's, it's one that some of us, we can do lots of other things, but we, we don't write well enough to, you know, get the, get the job done. So uh, give me three to five that you think are really important in high school right now and going on into college to be, a, to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, you, you touched on writing. I can't tell you how important that is. Yeah. I, so I, important. so many emails, um, whether it's to potential customers or to partners that we're working with, just being able to communicate your ideas effectively is so valuable, whether it's on a website, email, whatever. Um, I would say being creative and open to learning things. So this like mindset of being a continuous learner is so valuable because a lot of the things we're doing right now, we didn't actually learn in school. We just picked them up because we had to. So, so being, you know, open to going into an experience where you def- necessarily don't have all the skills involved mm-hmm. is really valuable because then you kind of force yourself to learn it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, definitely for me, the biggest kind of what all it boils down to is you can't fake passion. Yeah. So like I, I have like a lot of friends who are, are just like grades oriented and grades is all they, what they want to do, but that can only get you so far. And eventually you're kind of left directionless. And if you're limited by grades and you're only limited by a set of requirements that you have to do. And I think like for a lot of school, it's like, that's how everything's set up. And it's really difficult to be like, you know what? I'm not going to be the best at this, but I want to do because it it's cool. And like the moment you talk to someone who starts trying to act like they, they know everything and like they're super into it, you can instantly pick up, like you can't fake passion. Yeah. That's, and so if you have passion against something, it's like, you'll find a way to get it done. Yeah. Hey, for you me, I would in? say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being, being open to failure. I think especially at that age, younger kids, you know, they're taught, they're focusing on, you know, the 4.0 GPA, you know, getting good grades that I don't think you can be an entrepreneur and be a perfectionist. You, you have to get used to failure. Some of our biggest failures have been our biggest lessons. And you hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs and it, it really is important. Just, you know, even just the tiny little failures, you know, they're day-to-day things that, you know, you just got to get out, learn from it and keep moving forward. And I think that's, it's really important, you know, not to uh, go by a rule book, you know, you, you got to break some rules. You got to, you know, think outside the box yeah. and the day. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that, uh, that I pick up on with your team in terms of entrepreneurs is the team aspect. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think a lot of folks think that, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And so therefore I've got to go out and I've got to do all this stuff myself. You know, I've got to be the financial guy and the developer and the programmer and the PR guy. And, you know, no, you can put yourself on a team or get a team together and focus on their strengths and let those folks shine where they need to shine. And that's, that's what I get out of just talking to the three of you yeah, about Morbot. I mean, really that's wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, you can definitely tell where each of your strengths yeah. are and how they play off each and other. And your ability to, to communicate is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell your passion just through your communication. Yeah. Um, all three of you are very passionate about this project. You're very passionate about entrepreneurism, about the more tech company and the Morbot and about the students. That's, that's very obvious. And uh, you all have no problem communicating, which is awesome, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that, that's yeah. that personable part that you want in a company so that no matter who's talking, whether it's it's the coder, whether it's the builder, whether it's the COO, the CTO, um, everyone gets to talk to you guys and find out more about you. And it's, it's I think it's also really unique in our position because, you know, teachers come to us with problems or, you know, teachers like, hey, why, do, why is this useful to me? And it's like, well, I can tell you down to the granular the things you experienced because I was your student four years ago. Right. Like I was sitting in your classroom four years ago. 
So I know exactly what you want, what you're dealing with, and the pain points. So it's really interesting to have that like close of a connection. Yeah. So it's like, like they look at us and they see us as, you know, not just like someone who's coming in with a product, but one of, one of their possible former students mm -hmm. and them coming with a solution for that individualized teacher. That's really yeah. awesome, guys. Go ahead. And if I can make one note too, one thing yeah. that I think sets us apart is the way that we work with teachers. And this isn't something you can really see on the surface just from looking at the website, but you know, the teachers that have our robots, like last night, uh, there's a professor at a San Francisco State University that's got our robots, and, and he wanted a specific mount to mount a specific sensor to his robots. And we were able to design that, you know, within the night and send it to him. <laughs> so it's just like very personable relationship with all the teachers we work with. Because at the end of the day, like we love what they're doing. We we love working with them, talking with them. So it's it's been one of the most fulfilling experiences I've, I've ever received. That's that's awesome. And that I can is. tell you, as as two guys of the of of the later age, you know, that's a big deal. You have to be passionate about what you do. You gotta love what you do because you look back and you go, Man, you know, I might not be super wealthy, I'm you know, but I'm happy. And, and you happy makes everybody else happy. So this question's for Peyton. We're gonna wrap this bad boy up. Man, tell us if folks wanna find out more, what's the best way they can get in touch with you guys and steal your ideas and get your product and yeah. find out more about you. Yes, our website is uh, www.moretech.co. That's M-O-R-E-T-E-C-H dot uh, C-O. Yep. And uh, we're on social, uh, Instagram, moretechco, Twitter, moretechco, and on Facebook as well. Guys, I have to tell you, this has been a real experience, and we hope to have you back on the show in the spring. Let's talk, you know, after uh, the East Convention and all that kind of good stuff goes down and, and we get some more kids doing some stuff. Springtime is steam time, you know. Everybody starts doing all their stuff then. Love to have you guys oh, back yeah. on the show, but it's been wonderful and much success in the future. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks for having us. Awesome, guys. Hi there. I'm April Jackson, and this is your East Update. This week, we hear from one of our student trainers, a professional in the architect industry. So I'm Chloe Costello Hiley, and I facilitated a training on digital environments in Blender. So I've been working with digital environments for about six years, or actually maybe longer than that. I have a degree in architectural studies, and so I learned a 3D model as part of architecture school. But then I started using 3D modeling softwares professionally for my career um, in 20, uh, 2013. Uh, so right now I. Um, do a couple of different things. Uh, for the last six years, I was a game designer and I worked as a 3D artist for uh, the University of Arkansas. We were working on uh, learning games in, uh, for college courses. So they would be modules on online courses. But uh, now I've started my own freelance business working on um, architectural plans, but also architectural renderings. The name of my company is Highly Design. And so my husband and I founded it together and he is getting his architectural license. We work on residential plans for uh, various uh, neighborhoods. I got connected with East um, by uh, my connection to Keenan Cole. He used to teach here. He taught the 3D modeling courses before I did and he was my coworker at Tesseract uh, Center, which was the University of Arkansas Center I worked at. Yes, so I really enjoy giving trainings because I learn a lot from the students. They really challenge my knowledge of the software because they will come up with all kinds of new ways to do things and uh, also uh, go into parts of the software I've never even used before. So sometimes that causes a lot of difficulties for me, but I also learn a lot from them. And I think that it's really fun. They have a lot of creative ideas that really broaden my 
perspective. If you're interested in learning more about the topics and the professional level trainers that come in to train our students, visit our website at eastinitiative.org or follow us on social media at The East Initiative. I am April Jackson, and this has been your East Update. Hey, thank you so much to April Jackson and the folks over at the East Initiative for their weekly update. And I have to say that is very, very cool that they bring in professional folks already you know, employed in these professional services to work with students in the East program. Yeah, that's really cool. It'll be interesting to hear how many more that we get to interview throughout the coming years and coming episodes, because that's that's some really cool stuff that East provides for them. And don't forget, you can always visit the web and find out more about the East Initiative by just going to eastinitiative.org or follow them on any of the social media at East Initiative. Yeah, awesome, man. Sounds great. Hey, cool. Listen, uh, we are rounding out the school year like the rest of you. Uh, it's Christmas season is is here. I mean, we're all about to hit the Christmas vacation. And don't forget, we do have a, a special episode next week during Christmas. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Monica Burns on the show. We haven't talked to Monica in a while. As we always keep in touch with her and uh, see what she's going on. But she will be our guest interview next week, which will be a real fun one for you to listen to on Christmas morning if you want to. You can save it and be a gift from the EduTech guys. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Could open that puppy up. I was going to say, and it's a puppy. That <laughs> <laughs> gummit edge of tech guys gave us a puppy. We're going to feed it, water it, That's keep a- it alive until the, the next year. <laughs> uh, no, instead, we're giving you an awesome interview with Dr. Monica Burns. Way yeah, better than a puppy. Cool Way better than a puppy. Way. In fact, that's our new tagline for that show. Monica, Dr. Monica Burns interview. Way better than a puppy. <laughs> oh, we, we, we better clear that with her first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we probably should actually clear that with her first. Nah, no, what the heck? We'll keep it on there. That's right. We're living on the edge, man. We're dangerous. Living we're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're the original gangsters of educational tech, <laughs> right. technology podcast. That's right. Yeah. Stay out of our way. In fact, uh, talking about staying out of our way, you know, it's been a great show. <laughs> it, has, it has been. <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, if you want to find out more about us and uh, our, you know, forget us all together, either add or delete our website from your browser, www.edutechguys.com, or just find us on social media at Guys. We're those pretty boys out there in Bitmoji format normally so that we don't scare off your children or that new puppy you're getting for Christmas. So I tell you what, uh, it's been a great show. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training 
a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.